Blessings to you, Chapel of Change. Welcome. Welcome our friends and uh, guests as well to Chapel of Change. Uh, Today, we continue in our Boiler Room series on prayer and consecration. Uh, last week, we began by uh, learning to raise a prayer altar. And so this week, we're going to continue. And I, I just, um, you know, we get this term boiler room because back in the 1900s, these boiler rooms empowered large steamships. I want us to get a picture of why it's so important and why we compare it. Um, the boiler rooms, they were actually characterized by excessive uh, heat and sweat and hard labor. And it's where people actually tended the fire for the running of the boiler in order to empower the steam engines. And so it's uh, the fire within the furnace that was to be kept burning at a high intensity. I want us to get a visual here. And then after some hard work, the water would begin to boil, pressure would release, and it would be uh, strong enough to power the steam engines. And so these steam engines were actually empowered by the boiler room. So if the boiler room was weak, the the, uh, ship would be weak. If the boiler room was strong, the ship would be strong. Um, One of the mighty preachers that was used by God, um, his name was uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preachers, actually coined the term boiler room to describe his own church's prayer gatherings. He believed that the boiler room empowered the work of the church, the family, and the individual's destinies. And we believe also, according to the Bible in James 5.16, that the earnest prayer of a righteous person um, has great power and produces wonderful results. We believe that supernatural power comes through a life of prayer and consecration. So we are glad that you are joining us again this week. Um, with that said, what I'm going to do is give us just a quick overview of our series on prayer and consecration. Uh, last week, uh, we discussed how to, pr- how to raise a prayer altar. Uh, today, our topic is on uh, consecrating ourselves. Next week is disarming uh, sinful appetites. And then finally, bearing the fruit of holiness. We're taking you on a journey. Every single week is important. If you didn't catch last week, you can go on our website, chapelofchange.org, and catch it on uh, the live stream. So it's really important. Now, our hope, our prayer, our desire is that through this teaching, we will see God's people step into greater dimensions of holiness in order to... uh, fulfill their God-given role for this particular hour. So we're excited. Now, last week, uh, we learned that as Christians, we are part of a priesthood. We are actually uh, priests in the kingdom of God. And priests back then were required to consecrate themselves before they performed their priestly duties. There were specific items that were needed as part of the preparation process. Why am I saying that? Because it's important that as we see ourselves as priests, we'll be able to make the connection of how serious consecration is in the life of a believer today. Now, let me take you to the book of Exodus, chapter 28, verse 2. Here, um, uh, Moses and, and the Lord are having a conversation, and God is saying to Moses about the priesthood in preparation. He's saying, and you... 
shall make holy garments for Aaron, which was his brother, for glory and for beauty. Now the priestly clothes included a gold plate that was worn on the forehead with the words that said, holiness to the Lord. Priesthood and holiness were meant to be inseparable. I want us to get that. Priesthood and holiness were meant to be inseparable. They go hand in hand. Today, as I mentioned, we're going to dive into and learn about the need to consecrate ourselves. It's absolutely important. As a matter of fact, consecration is critical for every single Christian. It's both the starting point and the pathway to a life of holiness. In Romans 12, 1 in the Amplified Version, Apostle Paul is saying this. He's saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God. Every single Christian who desires to please God must dedicate their bodies as a living sacrifice, which is to be wholly devoted and consecrated. We cannot expect to fully experience the life of Christ in us without consecrating ourselves to the Lord. Now, what is consecration? It is the action taken to separate ourselves from worldly use in order to be set apart for God's use. Let me say that again. Consecration is the action we take to separate ourselves from worldly use in order to be set apart for God's use. In 2 Timothy 2.21, in the Amplified Version, it says this, So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble, that word means dishonorable, and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. Now, there are two aspects of consecration we need to know. The first is the separation aspect, and the second is the setting apart aspect. Number one is the separation aspect, which deals with our response to God. I want us to get that. The separation aspect deals with our response to God. Now, priests in the Old Testament were required to consecrate themselves before they performed their duties. Likewise, as priests, that's you and I in God's kingdom, we too are required to consecrate ourselves. How? 
by separating ourselves from contaminating and corrupting influences. Now, this is a deliberate process that we are to actively engage in. That is an action word. It's a verb. We have to participate in this process. Now, Ephesians 4.22 says this, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Here again, we're to do something. What are we to do? We're to throw off the sinful areas in our life. Now, the reality is that if we don't consecrate ourselves, it will be easy for us to yield to sin over and over again like a pattern. So what must we do? We must take inventory of our life. And we must ask ourselves some very open and honest questions. We must ask ourselves these things. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we speaking? What are we touching? What are we walking into? We must consecrate our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our hands and our feet. That is, every part of our body must be consecrated. Now, in 1 Peter 14 through 16, we're, we're told that as obedient children, we're not to conform ourselves to the former lusts as in the days of our ignorance. But as he who called us is holy... We, you, also must be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Now, when God saved us, he immediately made us holy, but now expects us to walk in holiness. There's the, there's the who we are, but then there's the what we are to do. So we become holy and then we are to pursue holiness. I want us to see it's both. It's not either or, it's both, it's and. I want us to get that. Now the second thing I want us to know about, um, about consecration is the set apart aspect, which has to do with our usefulness to God. Now before Christ, our life was for our use and our satisfaction. We did whatever we wanted. But when we surrendered our life to Christ, we surrendered our lives to him. And now God set us apart for a special purpose. In other words, he saved us not just for ourselves, but for something more. In Philippians 2.13 it says, for it is God who works in us both to will and to act according to his good purpose. Another translation says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's for his purpose that we are used. We can no longer be used for worldly purposes. Our lives can no longer be used just any way we want. 
In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, in the Amplified Version, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for and made his own. So then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. There's a sobering uh, chapter in the Bible, specifically in the book of Daniel, chapter 5, where we find this king by the name of Belshazzar, who was having a feast And he had all his people around him, and they were drinking so much wine. And after uh, they had gotten drunk, they decided that they were going to drink from the vessels of the house of God. These vessels that had been sanctified to God, the king decided that he was going to take them and bring them to where he was and use them for worldly purposes. He desecrated what was consecrated. And while they were drinking, the Bible says that a finger appeared on the wall and began to write these words, Mene, mene, tekel, ufarsin. That night, my brothers and sisters, God judged the king. And this is how serious that I want us to see it because it's how serious God takes it. The Bible says that we, you and I, are to be vessels for honor no longer used for worldly purposes. That means that we are to be a vessel of honor. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.21 that whoever cleanses himself from the latter will be a vessel for honor useful to the master and ready for any good work. We are to be vessels for honor so that God can then use us to be, uh, to do any and every good work that he calls us to. If these vessels are not honorable, there is going to be a stoppage in the flow of the Holy Spirit who wants to come out of us in order to bless other people through ministry. We have to take it very seriously that we too now have become vessels and God wants us to be vessels of honor so that we can do what God has called us to do. So my brothers and sisters, we are learning what consecration is so that we can take it seriously and begin to make a decisive dedication to consecrate ourselves. Now, here's a challenge that we, on behalf of myself and Pastor Brian, want to issue to the church. We want you this week to take inventory of your life And to really begin to look a little bit closer at the things that are taking place in your own life or in your own home. And here's my question. What are you watching? What are you listening to? 
What are you saying? What are you touching? And where are you walking? These are, these are questions that we have to be willing to ask ourselves in order to allow God to show us and to search us where we're at. In 2013, when the Lord began to wake me up and speak to me and take me into this life of prayer and consecration, he began to, he began to, to show me and reveal to me the, the things that I was watching. And I'll never forget one day it, he, he began to speak to me and he said, he said, you know that show that you're watching? He said, I want you to fast it for a week. And this is how God was speaking to me. And I thought, well, I'm just going to make a sacrifice. Okay, yes, Lord. And I did that for a week. But would you know that at the end of that week, the Lord began to speak to me very openly and very candidly. And he said this to me. He said, you know that show? He said, I want you to take a closer look. What is happening in that show? And so I began to think about it. I really began to take inventory of what was taking place in that show. And so I began to answer these questions that God was asking me. Well, the wife, she gossips all the time and she lies and she dishonors her husband. And here I thought it was a wholesome video. It was a black and white old comedy. And then the Lord said to me something very sobering. He said, well, does that amuse you? Because it doesn't amuse me. And with that, that show was over for me. I didn't even second guess it. It was a childhood show from the time I was 12 until I was in my late 30s. It was over. When God comes into our life and begins to speak to us as our father and as one who is concerned for the well-being of our, of our life, he begins to speak to us in these terms. And if we're, if we're willing, we will hear the voice of God and we will begin to say, wow, what am I watching? What am I listening to? that is impacting me negatively? What am I saying with my mouth that I'm just using? The Bible says that, that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. What am I saying? Where am I going? What, where, where am I, what places am I walking into? These are the, the, the hard questions that we have to ask ourselves. Stop and think about. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves, what am I touching? You know, for the most part, um, People have Facebook. People have access to the computer like never before. People go online. They look on the inter internet and do and, and and surf the web. But what but what are our hands touching? Are are we pushing buttons that are taking us into inappropriate places? What are we doing? See the 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 thing that I want us to understand is the 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 Bible says, "Behold the goodness and the severity of God" in the book of Romans. Now, the goodness is that God already knows. That's the good news. He already knows what we're doing. Meaning it doesn't catch him by surprise. When we come to God and, and we begin to let him search our heart and take inventory of these things that we're doing, he knows it already. But he wants us, out of our own free will, to begin to engage in this process of allowing him to remove these areas from our life that are ungodly. Now remember, we have a role as priests in the kingdom of God. We are a royal priesthood. The Bible says a holy nation. We cannot take this lightly and we cannot take this for granted. You, you have now become aware that our role in, this king, in the kingdom of God as a priest is very sacred. And we have to take our position in the kingdom of God very seriously. 
Now that we have been saved, we cannot be a people who don't pray and consecrate. We have to now become a people of prayer and consecration. That's the only way. As I mentioned at the beginning of this teaching, that consecration is the starting position and it is the pathway of holiness. If we have, if we do not have a life of prayer and if we've not entered into a life of consecration, I, I'm telling you, we, we set ourselves up for sin to, to allow this, the enemy to, to lure us into sin and we end up yielding to it day after day after day. Why? Because we've not prayed and we've not consecrated ourselves as a lifestyle. Our entire life is an instrument in God's hands and it's to be used for his purposes and his purposes alone. Our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our hands, our feet. Every aspect of our being is now only to be used for the purposes of God. So I want to challenge us, this church, from the bottom of my heart, in a spirit of love, but a spirit of truth and concern. I want us to know that with God, all things are possible, but it's absolutely important that we don't dismiss this as an option, but that we realize it is a very vital aspect of our walk with God. With that said, church, I just want to pray for us and I want to ask God to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that because you are the one who has called us into this life of prayer and consecration, that you are able to do in us what we cannot possibly do for ourselves. I ask you, Lord God, that you would begin to stir up the hearts of your people to give them a passion and a desire to seek your face and to enter into a wholehearted life of consecration to know that your power is able to walk them through step by step every area of their life to fully consecrate them, Lord, in order to transform them in, into your image, into your image and likeness. I thank you, Lord God, that the work that you did in me, Lord God, was supernatural, but it was grace-filled. Your grace and your mercy met me, and I am trusting and believing that your grace and mercy will meet all of us who have not yet been uh, uh, people of prayer and consecration. God, I, I ask, Lord, that you would take us even into deeper dimensions of prayer and consecration, Lord God. Give us a heart, Lord God. Give us this desire inside of us, Lord God, uh, to begin to, to, to take you at your word and take your hand and say, lead me, Father. Help me, Holy Spirit. Show me how to do this. Show me how to walk in this way, Lord God. I desire to be a living sacrifice that is holy, devoted, and consecrated unto you. God, I know that because this is your will, that you are able and willing to do this in my life, my life. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that this will not only impact me for the rest of my life, but it will impact my spouse, it, or it will impact my children, or it will impact my loved ones around me. It will impact all of those people that are near and dear to my heart because they will see that you are real 
that you are powerful and that you are able to take even the most vilest person and make them a vessel for honor. We praise you and we thank you, Lord God. Have your way in our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.